Hello, my name is Tucker Johnson, and I am your host today as we experience NIMSI Live, where we talk about the latest and greatest in translation, localization, internationalization, culturalization, and all that fun stuff global companies need to delight their international customers. On this program, we invite guests who like to have fun and have some value to add for our audience of globalization professionals. I am always eager to provide a platform to those with a good story or a good data set. So let us know if there are any topics you would like covered or guess what we should reach out to for future episodes. If you haven't already, make sure that you are subscribed to Nimsy Insights, either on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, X, um, YouTube, wherever you're watching this live stream, we're streaming out to multiple platforms today. So on your platform of choice, go ahead and hit that follow button and you will be one of the first people to know when Nimsy Insights publishes new research or when we schedule a new live stream like this. Before we get into it too much today, today uh, we are talking about, well, I'm not going to bury the lead here or I'm not going to spoil the lead here, but I want to give a quick shout out to Multilingual Magazine because one of the things that we're talking about today is from covered in a press release from Multilingual Magazine. For those that you didn't know out there, Multilingual does publish free press releases. So if your company is doing exciting things out there and you want the industry to know about it, make sure that you are reaching out to news at multilingual.com and they can get you all set up with that. Um, getting into today's topic and guest uh, for our topic today. Uh, despite Arabic being the fifth most spoken language in the world, when it comes to language technology, the challenges are more similar to lower resource languages. Tarjama is an LSP, and they were struggling to find a tool solving their Arabic translation challenges, so they decided to build their own TMS fit for this purpose. With Clever SO or Clever So 3.0, they're launching a TMS purpose-built for Arabic and an Arabic UI and powered by proprietary Arabic AI to boost the productivity of other translation teams. And this is what we're going to be talking about. We are joined today by my guest, Rebecca, Dr. Rebecca Johnson, and she is the Chief Product Officer of Tarjama, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that wrong. She's going to tell me how to pronounce it correctly, hopefully. Uh, she's leading the product and AI departments and oversees the overall strategy and vision of Tarjama's AI-powered platform with its proprietary TMS and neural machine translation engine. Dr. Johnson is a computational linguist holding a PhD in linguistics from the University of Gothenburg with over 20 years of experience developing language technology, both in academia and in the industry. In her own product and research-oriented roles, her focus has always been on how to leverage technology to solve language challenges and build innovative products. Rebecca, Dr. Johnson, welcome to the show. Did I catch everything in that introduction? I believe you're muted. Are you muted? Rebecca? Yes. There we go. Yeah, good evening. Okay. Well, good morning, wherever you are. It's evening here in Spain. Morning for me. This is my, my one of my first of the day. So yeah, yeah, I've got my coffee handy. Now, right? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've stopped drinking tea now, so it's the oh, end of the day. Better you than me. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and yes, it's Rebecca Johnson. So Johnson and Johnson is here. Today, Johnson right? and Johnson today. You guys are getting a double double Johnson feature today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I think I covered quite a bit in that introduction of yours, but tell us about yourself. Um, how'd you get wrangled up with the folks over at Tarjama? Um, you don't you don't appear to be Arabic uh, no. to me, but I don't want to no. make assumptions. It is twenty twenty three. Yeah, I'm I'm originally Swedish. 
but I lived most of my life in Spain, so more than half of my life, and been working in language technology for as much as I lived in Spain, more or less. I started my career in Spain. And, and so you're based in Spain, but tell me about yeah. Tarjama. Where are they based? And... So Tarjama is a, a Dubai company, but the main office is also in Jordan, in Amman. That's okay. where most of my team sits. All right. Uh, the people behind uh, Claviso and the people behind are uh, Arabic AI. We also have people working remotely from Egypt and around the, the Middle East. So very, very much you guys' foundation is in Arabic. This is yeah. what you eat, breathe, and sleep in, in Arabic <laughs> at Tarjama. So in my introduction, I mentioned that Cleverso 3.0 is meant to solve a lot of the challenges based around technology and Arabic local, localization. I wanted to start off by talking about what are some of those challenges for, for, for those of us that aren't familiar? And there's a lot of us in this industry that, frankly, yeah. have just never managed an Arabic localization project. Um, I, I always get a kick out of it when I get to explain to someone for the first time what is bidirectionality and what is right to left and the complexities. Because yeah. <laughs> I've met people that have worked in this industry for 10 years and never had the pleasure of doing that. But maybe you can tell us a little bit about the the challenges. Yeah, I, I will start a little bit where it all started, right? So Tarjama is an LSP first and foremost uh, from the beginning. It's been uh, around for over, I think it's 15 years now. So they've been focusing on translating from English to Arabic and Arabic to English in the past, right? And it's actually one of the biggest uh, LSPs in the region. So they were trying to go forward and digitalize, you know, digital transformation through the company and started to look for TMS systems, started to use some translation management systems, started to use machine translation, but it was really, really poor. And then took the decision, let's see how we can solve this. A very brave decision, I would say. It took some years to go to, or to arrive where we are now, mm -hmm. where we have our own uh, translation management system and we also have our own Arabic machine translation system, we have our own Arabic spell checker, etc. And uh, this was all built together with the with with the team in the LSP, right? So okay. I call it it's built by translators for translators. We built it with the Arabic speaking translators. That's important. So that's important. Like one yeah. thing I've said, I've been quoted as saying before, and I'm kind of being intentionally controversial when I say it, but I also kind of believe it, is that in, gen in general, translation companies suck at technology and technology suck companies suck at translation. And what I mean by that <laughs> is with a TMS that's been developed without input from an LSP, uh, the techn technologically, like the connectors are great and everything, but it it can be lacking some really necessary features for the translators. And on the other side, I've seen LSPs develop their own technology, and it's got all of those features, but they struggle with the um, some of the more technical aspects Tech of parts. it. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the best is yeah. when everything comes together. Right. Exactly. I think that this is what we managed to achieve to to create a tech company inside the LSP and then work together to to develop this. We've had a very very harsh and picky audience internally. I would say. Uh, so Good. during the lifetime of Claviso, every release, you know. Well, you have to discuss, you have to talk, you get so many issues, so many details they need to change. And so 
our users have been extremely harsh, but I think that has also helped us to reach where we are today, right? Yeah, and it's better to it's have really a harsh audience internally than harsh audience externally. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Work exactly. out, work so out it's those kinks. Really been proven, proven through this year. So this is also why we decided now, let's take this to the market, right? So we've proven internally that this system works well for our teams, and it starts to look really, really good. Uh, and as we built it on kind of new modern technology, when we start to look at other TMS, we start to be more at the for forefront because we we knew, right? They, yeah. A lot of them been there for quite some time. They are struggling uh, uh, about their tech legacy, which we are not. So this is why we decided to take to the market. We, we believe we sit on something that other translation teams can also use and specifically translation teams that then are challenging with, with Arabic because that's where we've proven that it works, you know, both right. how it handles files in Arabic, how it's visualizing those files in Arabic, how we can export them in Arabic, and then also with our machine translation to make sure that the translation is uh, automatically translated well, right, for, for the translator to start with. Well, and I really want to talk about the machine translation and the AI components. Um, before we get into it, just some background for, for everybody. This isn't a new product. Right? This has been in, no. developed and in use for quite some time. And what's new is that you're providing it out there into the market for, for other people to get value out of it. And that's where Cleverso 3.0, that's the 3.0 in it, correct? Yes, it is. And it comes with some new features. So the main thing we've done now is to localize it into Arabic. So the whole user interface is localized with help from our internal team, right, the LSP, to, to do the actual localization. So, and this is because specifically on the product manager side, in the Middle East, you will have a lot of people that doesn't know English, right, sure. that are sitting doing these projects. So we want to appeal to them so they can actually work in, in their language. And you, so you find, you know, that's something that always, I have mixed emotions about because we are the language industry. And a shockingly small number of the products and services that we offer to ourselves in the language service industry are, they're not localized. And yeah. everyone's just kind of expected to use the English UI, which, okay, I mean, it is what it is, but it, it baffles me that, I, and I heard someone speaking at Lokworld, Loke oh, I'm going to screw it up though. Um, but I think it was MemoQ was working to localize their their products too but these are always just kind of like special interest initiatives i never hear like that it's actually solving the need so in your experience is this is this something arabic translators have been asking for is an arabic version and if so why is it because of the language so or maybe it... not maybe not so much the translators but the whole tms side for the project managers ah, right? because they yeah. are not supposed to know english right so if they are working yeah in the middle east arabic why would they know english well right not necessarily yeah, so, makes perfect sense. You, so you, you have client-side people using the TMS. Not knowing English, translating Arabic to Farsi or something like that. So you could Fair enough. not know English, right? So. Yeah, these are you know these these are the stupid questions I ask that really show my American ignorance and <laughs> naivete. <laughs> but yeah, of course that makes a lot of sense. So new new user experience. Um, just pulling up a yeah. New slide so we, here. we've rebuilt the. You will see a little bit picture later, maybe of the UI. It's a new modern nice user experience. We worked with our own um, UI and UX team internally. Mm -hmm. The idea is to make it smooth and easy to use for the, or for the users so they can quickly learn 
how to use it. Another thing also coming is an AI assistant. We focus on the terminology part to start with, okay. powered by generative AI, uh, because one of the biggest challenges that our translators have is terminology to find the right term, you know, to translate mm -hmm. from English to Arabic. And we realize they mostly go outside, they go to some dictionary site or like reversal or in, in, in Arabic, there's other sources they use, yeah. right? It suddenly means they go outside the system. We didn't want that. So, so everything is right there. The they don't have to yeah, have nine get... tabs open on a Chrome exactly. browser next That's to their idea. TM. Okay. Makes sense. And the idea with the generative AI is that then they can, you can get a lot of things. You can ask it to generate a dictionary definition, or you can ask it to give you some synonyms, or you can ask it to give you examples of how that English word is used in a sentence. You can actually see it in use. Yeah, so you can have a conversation it. with it go back and yep. forth a little bit. Yeah, generative AI, it's 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 kind of crazy, the stuff that you can do. I'm curious about that. And I, this is a question I've been asking other um, other providers, solution providers that are offering AI as part of their solution or even just a, a, a what is it, AI assistant. Is, is this being packaged as an extra feature? Is it included? Is there, is it an extra charge? Because I know AI isn't necessarily free. Yeah. So at the moment, we, we've had what comes with Clevisor uh, 3 is a tiered pricing. So it will be offered on different levels. So on the higher okay. tiers, you will get it. On the lowers, you wouldn't get it, right? So, but you've also been thin. My concern is the security part. So yeah, I've right. That was going to be my next question. A lot, yeah, I've hesitated a lot to bring this in as per the security part, specifically for our internal team to use it. We don't want to send client data outside. So what we built in is that as a team admin for your whole team, you can kind of switch this off and on as you like. Mm -hmm. uh, but then also as the product managers, you can decide which features of the generative AI are to be used for this specific document. So if you know you're sitting on a confidential document, you can switch them off so the trustees cannot use it. But there are features that you can use because you're not sending data. So if you're gonna ask it to generate sentences for you for a term, you're not revealing any content. So those features can be available. But if you're gonna send like a source text away to get it processed, that has to be uh, more strict, right? So you have to be aware that now I'm sending this. So we've, we've built in a way where where the users are aware of what they are doing and where, where the operational staff can turn this off for the for the translators to use if needed. And I'm assuming it's the same with machine the neural machine translation, right? That's so that one optional. is internal, right? So oh, okay. This, this so you don't have to worry because the Arabic English and, and the English Arabic is internal. So for that, okay. we have them in our environment. It's never going out. This was one of the reasons of building it because the company didn't want to start sending things to Google Translate. Right. So, that's one of the reasons why we built it, right? To to have it. And we have built quite lean models, which means that we can even install it on-premises for a client. So oh. if they are really concerned about security, we can install the MT on-premises. That's a term I haven't heard for a long time, on-premise. Yeah. You know, is, know. everything is cloud, cloud, right? cloud. Yeah. Like, oh, that yeah, yeah, makes yeah. me feel nostalgic <laughs> for yeah. 10 years ago, where everything was on-premise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And but there's still, yeah, there's still security concerns, but... 
specific companies cannot sure. send things outside, right? Sure. So, what what are the type of companies that would purchase? It sounds to me like this isn't something necessarily that another LSP would choose to adopt. No. It's it's specifically oh. designed for the end client users who want to have their own TMS. Um, yeah. And I'm assuming your LSP, your service clients that you're doing translation for, I'm assuming there it would there would be an incentive for them to adopt it as well. But am I correct in assuming that this is a standalone product and doesn't necessarily come attached to the translations or is it something that Tarjama yeah, does the translations exactly. for? So we can do both, right? I mean, this is what, what we use as a company when we provide translations for our clients. So, I mean, every month we're translating millions of words using Cleverso for our clients, but now we're also positioning this for other translation teams, not necessarily LSPs, but what we found in the region is that there's a lot of translation teams that sit in big organizations or governments that are not allowed to send out their companies mm. for security reasons. So this is one of our primary targets for, for this system, for them. And we can see that they are not, actually not using a TMS because they cannot install it on premises or they have the security concerns with using MT from other TMS if they use them. But with us, they don't have to worry about that. So then they can suddenly move from, I mean, some of them today sit and work in Excel, for example, yeah. or something else, because they cannot use a TMS as per the security concerns. So here we've seen that there's a need yep. to have a TMS that you can actually have higher security uh, level on. So it sounds like it's, it's really designed primarily with the end clients in mind, the enterprise client in mind. But this brings us to an interesting question in chat here from Tim Gregory, who asks, is this an enterprise slash agency level tool only? Um, I think we answered that question. It's not really an agency. It's more focused towards enterprise. Um, or is there a freelance translator tool? I work with Arabic to English, and most of the tools I've tried have serious bi-dye problems and or can't handle Arabic morphology and their terminology tools. For example, they do not recognize a term if a possessive or object pronoun suffix is attached or a verb is conjugated. So at the moment, we're not offering it for freelancers. This is something we're looking at uh, later on, but it's not something you can sign in now and then sign up for you just for for proper use for freelancers, fortunately. But if we see the need for this, this is something we can open up for in the future, right? But this version now doesn't support for that, unfortunately. So. All right, Tim. So go follow Tarjama on LinkedIn for updates yeah. when, the, when they yeah. roll that out, essentially. Um, back to our, our slide here. So we talked about AI. We talked about LQA. Now, I want, LQA workbench and quality control checks. And this is always something that's interesting for me because... You know, every TMS has a certain number of quality control checks. Some of them are great. Some of them aren't so great. Some of them require third-party plugins. My, my question to you specifically was, was there any, are there any, like, quality control checks for Arabic that aren't taken into account necessarily by other TMSs on the market? Anything specific out there? Or what kind of quality control checks are, are included? So we, we built our own here because here, again, with the security concern, we didn't want to kind of call the other providers. Yep. So we built our own quality checks. The spell and grammar checker we built ourselves. It's a deep learning model okay. because when we started to look for a spell checker for Arabic, they don't perform very well. It's really hard to find. I mean, we Is have... Is that so? Yeah, in Swedish, English, you kind of assume it works well, right? In Word or... or yeah. Use it, Grammarly or, you know, and 
it's kind you of there. It's I assume it works well. Um, though yeah. it, what cracks me up is now with the proliferation of large language models, there's all of these different, all of this gener generated text out there. And it cracks me up that I can generate something in chat GPT and then copy it into a Word doc and then Grammarly corrects it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the AIs don't necessarily agree with each other. But you actually built your own spell checks from the ground yeah. up for yeah. this. So that's the specific thing because that wasn't working. But if you go to the other platforms, they would probably use some, you know, spell checker that works for a lot of languages. And for Arabic, it wasn't working well. So that, that was specifically that we focused on. Super, super interesting. Yeah. Thanks for the question again, Tim. Um, let's see. Cleversell Insights reporting analytics BI. What kind of what kind of reporting are we talking about here? So here, um, I'm a bit of a data nerd myself. So I sit and have all these reports oh, on our you're, system, you're on our operational teams. Yeah. <laughs> so and then I'll, we're bringing those into so that other people like me can sit and see. Yeah. Uh, First of all, productivity of, of different uh, people, you know, who, which translated, translated most, you know, in the, the past months. How much is MT used, the impact of MT or, or TM usage uh, overall in the months. So it's kind of, we're looking uh, at things that are time series, you kind of, so you can see trends, or it could be uh, specific things you want to follow, right? So now we're bringing in, um, dashboards that everyone will help, but it will be very easy for us to customize if, if a client wants to see different things, it's easy for yeah, us that, to that, that was going to be my question dashboard. is like if, because what, what, one thing I found with TMS systems is there's reporting, there's dashboards, but I've worked with a lot of different clients, different enterprise clients, and they all have like those two, three or four KPIs that are very yeah. specific to them, right? Like yeah. no one else is asking for them. So you have to figure mm -hmm. out a way. So there is a way to create custom dashboards for, yeah. for clients. This we will be able to offer. Yeah. That. Yeah. And are all those dashboards automatically available to the clients? Like that, that's something you mentioned translator productivity. That's something that would be super interesting for me to track. Yeah as a client mm -hmm. side. Uh, that, those things. So we will have certain dashboards that are available for everyone to see or, or Kind of visual charts but then there are others that you can later add on right and we will start adding in more and more now so now we have the first ones but then you know we start adding in more and more yeah. very cool and mm -hmm. so speaking of clients it's let's go there um i know this is just launched this is just announced but are you able to share any names i don't want to break any confidentiality agreements but any clients that have already adopted this i presume so if you've been using it internally yes uh, there are some claims we cannot mention. <laughs> fair. But, but, yeah. yeah, fair. Because we do work with a lot of ministers in the region and those we cannot mention, right? So those are one of our primary clients, different ministers in the region, and we cannot mention them. But we are starting to work um, and some smaller clients in the region that, that wants it. And then uh, some of, I mean, as an LSP, the big clients we work on are, are all the consulting companies, right? So those are the big ones. And also, e-commerce has been one of our big, big things. So both the very known e-commerce companies from outside the region and then the, the very known ones in the region that are different, right? So okay. uh, Amazon is one of our clients and Noon is another big e-commerce client. Oh, nice. So we work very, very closely with them. And and all, all the consulting companies, I would say, all the big consulting companies are our clients. Very interesting. Now, um, I know one reason, even though... <laughs> 
my sarcastic remarks earlier about language and technology companies. But one reason, one re real advantage that I know LSPs, why they want to develop their own technology is, of course, to provide more value to their existing clients. Is. But also, let's be real, it's to create a level of stickiness with the client. Um, let's get, you know, get the client... We want to be the one-stop shop so that we're adding value on multiple fronts. And essentially, I mean, to, to describe it cynically, it's make it harder for that client to fire us, right? Because yeah. it's, it's we're, all of their eggs are in our basket, right? And I phrase that really negatively. I'm sure there's a positive spin I can put on that, but I'm not a salesperson. And this is a gutsy move for, for you, Tarjama, because you've got clients that are working in this platform already, and essentially what you're saying is you're giving them the option to go elsewhere for their translations rather than providing it to you. Was What were those conversations like internally in, in your strategy discussions? Did you just have so much confidence in your service delivery that you said, oh, doesn't matter, no one's going to leave us? Or was that taken into so, account? Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of discussions because also when you take the TMS to the market specifically, I mean, our target is not maybe other LSPs because they are competitors, right? So there's been a lot of discussions. Okay, if we go here, suddenly these other LSPs that we compete with, we suddenly sit with the tools we do where we are kind of being able to differentiate ourselves. So, but um, in the end, we believe we can compete still as an LSP, right? So we, we strong like, as an I like LSP that confidence. and this tool ma makes, yeah. And, this makes us stronger and until they get there and can compete, it will take time. You know, we have a big, big network. So <clears> another, we have a sister company called the read, which is a freelancer platform. So we have access to a big network also of translators as a company. Okay. This is one of our assets, you know, yeah. this network of translators that we also have. Well, and so, it's also showing a certain level of innovation and thought leadership, um, whatever you want to call it. You know, I just got back from a week traveling last week. I was at Localization World and just scooting around Silicon Valley, talking to different folks. And one thing that I've been hearing a lot recently in in-person conversations and just in day-to-day -day with NIMSY is AI, 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 right? Everyone's concerned or excited about or whatever, but everyone's talking about AI, right? And they want, the clients want to work with a vendor that's going to innovate in AI. And at the point right now, they're not necessarily looking for a vendor with the best solution, but what they are looking at very closely when it comes to selecting their vendors is, is this the type of vendor that historically has a track record of innovating? Because they want a client, even though the solutions might not be mature today, they want to hire a vendor that is going to walk with them on that journey so that one year from now, three years from now, five years from now, they're, they're able to keep innovating and proposing new solutions, right? So I see that as an advantage too. I mean, that differentiates you immediately from LSPs out there that have no technology background. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we're definitely the only one in the region that, that has transformed digitally so far, right, in, in the Middle East and built their own technology. There's no one else, so... Right. And, but just to be clear, though, this isn't just mm -hmm. a Middle Eastern, like clients all over the world can use yeah, this. Yeah, of right? course, of course. It's just, from where we start, where, where, where we compete at the moment as an LSP is more in the region, right? But okay. as a technology company, we want to compete globally. And one thing I wanted to mention about, so 
you know the technology adoption curve, right? So yeah, yeah. Early adopters, etc. We are a female-led company, and our CEO, she's Jordanian. She's an early adopter, I would say. Okay. She's extremely bold, and this is why we we're here today. She's taken very brave decisions on deciding to build technology as an LSP in the region and building up a whole tech tech department. Uh, so that's th- gutsy. She's yeah, exactly. She's well- and if for, I, for innovation. based upon my experience, if that's how the CEO is, that's how the culture of the company is because that culture comes from the top, right? So if she's an early adopter with a mind for innovation, I'm sure that just permeates down throughout the organization. I, I hope that answered your question. Um, Osama, was it? Yeah, Osama, no access to companies in EMEA. So this is access to companies anywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go through some other questions here from chat. Um, Ahmed writes, hi, other than the security features and hosting, what sets the TMS apart from other platforms and more precisely, what makes it Arabic specific per se process and end to end product wise? Thanks. Yeah. Maybe we should take, we had another slide prepared there, right? So maybe I should show that too. Um, yeah, yeah I might need time. a second here because yeah. the deck that I got only has three slides in it. Yeah, but we had there's one Arabic UI and Arabic AI, I think. So that at least I can show the. I have three slides. One, two, yeah. three. The, the second one. The oh, second okay. One. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I was. I thought I was <laughs> missing a slide. I'm like, oh my gosh, did I open the wrong deck? All right, take it away. So, what makes this specific for Arabic or Arabic first, as we call it? First of all, you do have, as you can see here, a localized interface. That's one. One thing we've been working a lot on is not only for this interface, but in general, when processing files in Arabic, I mean, you need to, you might get a file in English, but you're gonna later export a file in Arabic right to left. So that whole switch that needs to happen with, for example, a PowerPoint where you have a lot of charts and graphs, et cetera, that's something we worked a lot with. And specifically as an LSP, there's so many files of different formats and with tricky things that go through the system where they have alerted us and said, hey, this doesn't look good. This doesn't work good. So and just, over these years. So, so many ways to screw it up, to, to, yep. especially to a non-Arabic speaker. I used to, so, I mean, I haven't gotten my hands dirty for years, right? But, and I'm sure things have gotten better since then. But I remember when I was working on um, art, right to left and bi-directional languages, Arabic, Hebrew, I would be afraid to even open the file. I'd get a Word doc back from the translator. Yeah. And I did not want to open it because just by opening it on my um, English system, sometimes it would get screwed up, right? Yeah. So yeah, the all of that stuff. There's so many points in the workflow where things can get screwed up. Yeah. And, and to, you kind uh, of take for granted that it should work, but it doesn't, right? Yeah, so exactly. I remember two years ago we presented at the MT summit yeah. and then preparing the slide deck went fine until we were gonna add the examples in Arabic into PowerPoint. Yeah. Then everything went bad. Yeah. It took us longer just to add those examples that we were gonna show in Arabic oh, yeah. than doing them preparing the whole thing. So <laughs> oh, I, I remember localizing Flash product projects. Remember Flash? I don't even know if yeah. Flash is still around. And you had to download a whole separate it was Flash ME, Flash Middle East. Like the, yeah. it would not even support it. You had to download and pay for a whole separate program just to do it. And then 
export it and send it for many rounds of review from an English <laughs> speaker. But sorry. And, and also, I mean, in the company, when we use PowerPoints or, or even in Clevisor, then it's the, the fonts to use also, right? So yep. some fonts are not really appropriate. So Well, they it, might look the good ones. to me, but are they showing yeah. the ligatures correctly? And what yeah. the heck is a ligature? Good question. I don't know, <laughs> right? This is why, yeah, anyways, don't get me started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I totally so interrupted you. Keep going. Some of the things we worked on, right? Apart yeah. from building our own machine translation, then then is then really, really good specifically on business documents, right? So that's what we focused on. If you want to translate kind of legal document, financial document, kind of the type of documents you get um, from clients as we do, that's what we focused on, on making good. If you want to use it for kind of conversational, well, then maybe better use something else or use some of our other models because we're also building models for subtitling. So we have a subtitling model for our subtitling team as uh, we're one of the biggest subtitle providers actually in the region. Yeah, you have a whole separate product for subtitling, right? Or yeah. Different service. Yeah. I, I saw that so, when I was poking around researching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do prepare a so little bit for these Thrones, for example, is, is subtitled by Tajama, for example. So what is it? I'm sorry? Games of Thrones is subtitled by Tajama in the region. So really? most of the big yeah, films and series is uh, what we uh, do this, put the subtitling to. That's so cool. So do you see your name in the credits? Yeah, at the end, the team is so excited when you, they sit and watch TV, and then at the end, you see Tajama. You know? I would be excited. Not going to lie, yeah. that's like one of my industry personal goals is to like get my or my company's name in the sub in the um credits of something yeah. i don't care how but yeah, yeah. super interesting yeah, yeah. um and, and and to help that team the whole subtitling team so we've been focusing these years on the translation teams but now we've been focusing the last year on the subtitling teams and then built a subtitling machine translation model which is very very different from from normal machine translation because when you have to handle srt files and then you have to take into account the timing and the line, line breaks uh, breakings etc yeah. so it's very very different challenges right but uh, yeah i mean that makes sense too. but honestly i'd never thought about that you'd have a separate engine just for subtitles i mean it makes sense right. now that you're saying it but that's the first time i'm hearing it maybe i need to get out more get out of the house more often <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was a challenge for us to understand subtitling because it's very, very different. So, but this was the good thing of having the team internally, you know, working very close to them to explain to us how they work, what are the things you need to take into account when it comes to subtitling. And it's very, very different. And you have, you know, you have the sounds, et cetera, that also needs to be translated. It's not only what they say. True. So there's so many things that comes in a script yeah. uh, from our clients in SRT files that you have to take into account. So, it's very interesting, very interesting subtitling. Any other points on on this slide before I take her down and go back to the comments? Yeah, so one thing I want to mention is also, so yes, Arabic is, is a big language, a lot of speakers. It's one of the most complicated languages to learn. I'm struggling to learn it. I used to be good at learning languages, but apparently I'm not any longer. And it's not only it complicated for, <laughs> for us. Get old. The more gray I get in my beard, the harder it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I used to be an easy learner. That's not happening any longer. And but it's also tricky for computers, right? So there's a lot of reasons why Arabic is tricky for computers. From from the scripting that we talked about, from the morph to the morphology, right? So the, it's a very complex morphology. Um, 
which means there's a lot, a lot of forms. And when you work with computers and, and work with, um, if we go back to the statistical language models and today to machine learning, it's based on finding words in text. But if you have so many forms, you won't find all those forms in the text, right? So, um, Well, and there are just so you, many different yeah. dialects for Arabic. And I know also, we have modern standard Arabic, right? Um, but if you really want to get into it, it, depending upon how you define dialect, there are yeah. a lot. Um, so that, that makes it super, super complicated as well. Um, exactly. I'm assuming the machine translation yeah. engines are all just for modern standard Arabic, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, they can handle So I mean, and if you take the new kind of, if you ask ChatGPT and those, they can produce something. But do you really know if it's correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, if, if and one of the biggest problems with Arabic for machine translation and also for the large language models is that there is not much Arabic data out there. I think this is the biggest, biggest challenge well, when it comes to AI for Arabic, that it's a big language, but not that many websites are in Arabic as for other languages. So suddenly you sit on a more under-resourced language. And if you look at some of the large language models, like uh, the Lama or Jama one from 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 Facebook that they made available, right? Yeah. It doesn't even include Arabic. Well, I There's mean, no it, it's under-resourced language. Typically, when I'm when you think about under-resourced languages, when we use that term, we're thinking about um, you know native like tribal languages. Yeah. You know, really like we use the term under-resourced kind of interchangeably with um, languages that have small populations, right? Yeah. And that's not the it's case, yeah. <laughs> for example, but that's not the case for this. You, you have the statistics no. right here. You say uh, only 1% uh, wait, it has over 400 million speakers, but only 1.1% of the top 10 million websites use Arabic. And why is that? I want to ask you, is it because they're all using the English websites? Is there a high level of um, bilingualism? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, so, I mean, that's something that uh, surprised me working at Tarjama, right? That everyone speaks really good English. And it's, Interesting. it's the language they use. Everything, communication is in English, written, right? Mails, etc. Everything is presented in English. So they are used to working in English and all ministries are kind of, giving their information is English as well really? and then Arabic so it's I think it's um, it's easy for people to to achieve their information in English and then they don't translate to Arabic right so, yeah because and, the, the internet penetration is really really big in the region right if yeah. you look at uh, UAE or Dubai it's really really high and uh, a lot of young population also so so that's not so much the problem. But yeah. um, I, I think, and I don't have the data to support this. This is just a hypothesis. But I think a lot of enterprises, organizations, don't translate into Arabic, not because they don't want, because they'll translate into five Indian languages, which also has mm -hmm. a high level of English proficiency, right? But I think the reason for it is they start uncovering all of the internationalization um, challenges to it's just not ready their website their product their whatever just is not able to handle right to left and bi-directional scripts yeah 
that could also be the case. Yeah, yeah. Which, and by then the way, we keep talking. Yeah, it's too complicated. But by the way, we're, we're, we keep talking about RTL, which is right to left, and bi-di, which is bi-directional. And um, I should have asked this 10 minutes ago, but I, I like to keep this accessible to people that are just getting into the industry. Can you explain to us what that means? With, with the right, to, yeah. If you can see here, so right to left or left to right. In English, we would we have here Arabic UI, right? We start from the left to show it, but then if you see here at the screen, actually, what we've done in Clever, so it's not that we just changed the the direction of the text from right to left, but we actually changed the whole system. So, if we would see Clever, so um, in the English version, all all these. Uh, this logo yeah, here the, the would logo be in the top be left. To the left. Yep. And all the options here to select to go through the system would also be to the left. So yep. we've actually switched the whole thing. The whole UI is switched. It's not only the actual Arabic text, but the whole UI is changing, right? And the picture should be there. So you have to, everything has to change. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about with the, um, it's more than just slapping some HTML files into yeah. Kratos and getting them back yeah, yeah. there's a whole redesign that needs to happen yeah yeah with the whole UI. redesign and the with the bi-directionality this is super interesting so you're going right to left so arabic reader would read starting on the right hand side of the page to the left but you're also using well arabic numerals like western words you know english words yeah. and stuff and then it'll switch when you get to a, an english word you'll actually go left to right and then continue right to left um, super fascinating for someone like me yeah. that was never yeah, exposed yeah, yeah. to this. And for me, it's a bit of a language nerd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's go and back. Also you have a lot, one thing also we didn't mention is that you have a lot of English words that they use in Arabic. Right? Yeah. So and you will have terms in English showing up. Hence the bidirectionality. Let's go back to chat because I yeah. saw some other stuff in here. Um, Nectaria asks, is there any OCR ability or thoughts to integrate OCR specifically for Arabic. The results for scanned documents from standard OCR tools are underwhelming. Yes. So OCR is optical the, yeah. character recognition. Exactly. To handle kind of scanned PDFs or PDFs or scanned images, etc. So, yes. We have some good news here because we've been struggling ourselves for so long. We've had typists in the company to handle PDFs because We've tested so many OCR systems out there, all of them, the biggest one, you know, that claim to handle it well, but then you test it in Arabic and it's horrendous. But now we've have well, the system in place. I mean, I and find a lot of them underwhelming in English too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can only imagine with Arabic. Yeah, yeah, for Arabic, sometimes you, you, you would test the people, yeah, but I found this system, it will work, and then you uploaded the document and now you didn't get anything out. It was kind well, of, yes, symbols. Or it's like, you'll have two documents, and they look exactly the same and you upload one and it works perfectly. And then you upload the next one and it's, it gives you a bunch of garbage. Like it's written yeah. in wingdings font or something. Exactly. exactly. That, that's, that's what you normally get, but we're going to integrate this. So at the moment we have it as a standalone system that we offer to clients okay. that they can use this OCR, but the idea is to bring it into, uh, into Clever so you can have it directly there. Right. So our team can use it and then they can, uh, add the document to Clevis, right? So okay. they first extract it. It has, uh, we've built it with an editor. So it's not only that you send it through an API and then get the text, but this has an editor so you can see it because any OCR will have some problems. And 
the idea is here that you can review and then edit and fix the problems with it, then export a file and then get going. Interesting. So, but so yeah, about... next thing here is start integrating into into our different systems. So. All right, so that's OCR, so that's inputs, right? Before we translate, let's talk about outputs, um, desktop publishing, uh, stuff like that. I, I noticed you have um, visual workflow automation on here. So this mm -hmm. is a complete workflow tool. Right, that you can use. How how do, how do you handle desktop publishing? Is that just sent to? Or first of all, like what files are being processed? Like, can you process and export InDesign files in relatively good order, or does it require a lot of manual desktop publishing on the back end? For Arabic? It, which one did you say, InDesign? Or? InDesign, just as an example. Yeah. No. Right? Yeah. So or we can talk about FrameMaker so if you really want to get <laughs> or Madcap files. Okay. You know, pick your poison. So what we build support into the platform at the moment is that for the DTP designers that they see it as part of the workflow so you can assign mm. to them that the file goes through the system and goes all the way to them, they get notified because before everything happened outside the system, right? But the actual DTP happens still outside. Okay, so, which yeah. makes sense. Honestly, that's where it should happen. Mm. I get... I get skeptical when I see TMSs promising no DTP required. I'm like, really? No, no, no. <laughs> like, there needs to be some DTP. Text expansion is a thing. At least a check, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm watching the clock here, and we're coming up on time. Dr. Johnson, my sister from another <laughs> continent. Uh, yeah. any, anything that I forgot to ask you about here? I don't think so. A super cool I think tool. We discussed a lot of yeah. I like it. I'll refer everybody over to if you want to, um, if you want to find out more, then of course you can go check out. Um, Your new website. We just uh, launched it this week. Oh, you just oh, I got to bring that up now. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and also the design of the website is we've done it internally. All the visuals, etc. We have as we have designers, they've helped us to build it. So. I'm really proud of it. Is this, it is this our website here? Uh, no, that's me. Oh, that's, it's, that's uh, something else. Yeah, th this is our other tool. So we have, uh, this is the empty tool. Oh, I already, I already went away from it. Yeah. There we go. So we have also a portal for, for our machine translation. Let's see if you can uh, go to cleverso.tajama.com. All right, let's do that. Then you should be able to find. Cleverso.tarjama.com. Fingers crossed. Internet gods are with me today. Yay. Awesome. Here we go. AI power. So that's cleverso.tarjama.com if you want to find out more information. Uh, you can also check out their press release either at tarjama.com or at multilingual.com where we publish that. Um, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. This is my only podcast for the week so I, I don't like to go too long without talking to someone and you you filled that need um yeah. <laughs> everybody out there make thank sure you to, for, thank you for having me yeah. yes of course of course everyone out there make sure to go follow rebecca and tarjama on linkedin to stay up to date um thank you to everybody that was over here in the comments asking good questions keeping the conversation alive i will take us out here ladies gentlemen we are out of time for today if you enjoyed this episode of nimsy live 
then make sure that you're going and following us on LinkedIn so that you'll be updated when we publish or when we schedule new episodes. I appreciate our guest today, Rebecca Johnson. I appreciate my colleagues here at MZ Insights doing all the hard work so I can have these fun conversations. I appreciate everyone in our industry who's responding to our surveys, scheduling briefings with us so we can include you and NIMSI's industry research. And lastly, I appreciate everybody over here in chat, everybody joining us live today. I appreciate all of the dialogue, questions, comments, and especially criticisms. And I look forward to next time. Cheers.